Well, it's good to be back with you tonight. I tell you, it's uh, pretty impressive when people come back when they know who's going to be, be speaking the second time. So I, I really appreciate it. And most importantly, I know the Lord does. You know, it's the Lord's church, and aren't we all thankful to be a member of the Lord's church? I tell you all, um, when I was here back, I guess, on that first trip that we were able to make into uh, Poland and on into Lviv, Ukraine, and uh, help uh, several hundred Christians leave from the eastern part of Ukraine where the, I guess, the hottest spots of the war still is taking place. And it, that was known as the Bible Belt, somewhat of the Ukraine country, the country of Ukraine. A lot of churches, a lot of our brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, have probably now lost their home and, and lost all their earthly possessions, truthfully. But most importantly, they hadn't lost their soul, hadn't lost their desire. And I tell you, I hope tonight some of these pictures I'm going to show will make you uh, kind of know what you had a part in. Because I remember when I came and was able to tell a little bit about what took place. Uh, as I said this morning, this congregation here has always been supportive of the Lord's work, not only here, but in other places. Isn't that right, Brother Larry? Amen. This congregation here has been real... Uh, the gospel to the whole world, and I just want to thank you for that. So tonight we're going to try to uh, just go through some pictures. Of course, the scripture that I wanted to uh, start with is a scripture that we're mostly familiar with. Galatians chapter 6, and just the last part of that verse, talking about doing good, good, doing good to all men. But the last part of that says in verse number 10, he says, Apostle Paul said, especially do good to those that are a household of faith. Y'all, I think when I was here... Uh, well, the last time uh, I was telling you about, we were, we were able to rent a retreat there in Warsaw, Poland. At that particular time, there were 50 Christians from all over different places in Ukraine. We had actually helped Christians go to uh, other places. Uh, there were 29 that came out with us on that bus that we came out on uh, at the first, on March the 7th. And some of them wound up in the Netherlands, some in France. In different places, but then, as we said, there were other bus loads. We were able to leave money and funds so other Christians, 50 at a time, could keep coming. They would come over to the western side of Ukraine to Lviv, and then they were able to get from that part of, of the Ukraine into, uh, I guess, the, the nearest country uh, that we were involved with is the work in uh, Warsaw, Poland. Of course, I know Brother. Uh, Harvey Starlin and them have been real involved in the work in Romania doing the same thing, pretty much. Letting Christians go into that country and then, you know, as, as refugees. And that's something to call a Christian a refugee, but, but that's exactly what's taking place. So on this particular trip, uh, the retreat that we had rented that I think I told you all about was costing $30,000 a month. A stream amount of money. And so we kept looking. We said, there's got to be something more economical to use the Lord's money in. We just, you know, we kept looking. So we were able to finally uh, make some contacts with some realtors there in Warsaw, Poland, through the, the preacher there, Lukash. And I'll show his picture in a minute. But so the purpose of this trip then was to go and to, to finalize a contract and then uh, on a building that we found vacant. Let me tell you all, when I show this picture... I'll show it here in a minute. But So here I am landing in Warsaw, Poland. This is one of the uh, 
men, I, I forgot how to do the pointer, but I just, of course, the man driving jury, his wife, Julia, in the back, and Anna came from, uh, from Sopot, which is a city up in northern part of uh, Poland. Uh, when Jeff, and, Jeff Abrams and I was there in March in Lviv, we helped a group leave uh, before the first bus load, actually, and that group went on up to Sopot. Y'all remember this. I firmly believe those that were scattered abroad will continue to preach the gospel. In the country of Poland, there's four congregations of the Lord's Church. Less than 100 members in the whole country. I was shocked. We got 100 people here tonight. So I firmly believe, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but Yuri, a uh, gospel preacher from uh, one of the cities there in the, in the eastern part of uh, Ukraine, had to leave his congregation. Y'all remember I said, I won't ask men to show up stand tonight, but I think I did this at Hatton during Bible class time. Any man that's 18 to 60 still has to stay and defend the country. Can't leave. But there were, if you had some kind of uh, handicap or some kind of physical disability, you could leave. Well, Yuri has some major health issues, and he and his wife were able to leave and be a part of the group now that's in Warsaw. And he's a gospel preacher, met me there in Warsaw, and, and then we went on to the building. This is just some quick pictures of the building. This is the guy, y'all, his name, I'll just say, I can't say the Polish name too good, so I'll just call him Richard. I, we call him Richard in English, I guess, but he was the owner of the building. So let me tell you something. We were having a real difficult trying to find a vacant building. Because of COVID, this man had built a building on his on his uh, personal property that his family, some property that his family owned, nice building, and didn't have it rented yet. And so when COVID kindly ceased, we just happened to be the Lord allowed us, I guess, to be at the right time to be able to rent this building. Y'all, that we we were able on this particular trip that y'all were part of, helping with too. This particular building. Well, how's up? We hope now up to 100 Christians in Warsaw, Poland. Four hours from the Ukrainian border. So that's the reason it's pretty close. I thought pretty significant. Just remember, 100 Christians in the whole country of Poland. And there's possibly going to be 100 Ukrainians in that building in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, this is, I won't go through that. This is Lukash. Uh, no offense to anybody that's not that fan. I didn't give the man this picture. I, I meant this shirt. I didn't. But, but he, uh, Lukash, I was kind of amazed when I got there, he had on his shirt. But Lukash is the preacher, or was the preacher at that time at the congregation in Warsaw, Poland. And he was very instrumental in making this uh, happen. I want to tell you just a couple things. So a lot of people said, well, why, why did y'all concentrate on trying to get people just to Warsaw, Poland? Well, number one, I was really encouraged to know this, that the language is so similar between Polish and Ukraine. I didn't know that, did you, Larry? I didn't know it. It was so close that when we went to some of these shops to buy these bunk beds and these refrigerators, I'm telling you, this was one of those trips that we sure needed every woman in this auditorium to be on because it was a whole bunch of shopping, and this old boy don't like shopping too much, I just promise you. So we had to furnish a building to house 100 people in a week. Had a week's time to buy 23 bunk beds, a bunch of refrigerators, a bunch of dish pans. And just, but anyway, we'll talk a bit about that. But, so the language is close. So when we'd go to the shops, 
Yuri and some of those Ukrainians could talk to those people. It was a little bit language gap, kind of like my English and some of y'all that's got better than me, but you know, it's, uh, that was kind of the deal. I mean, so I was just, I thought, well, Neil, I just believe this is providence of God. Warsaw is the capital of Poland, has a great means of transportation. People can go get on a train and go anywhere in Europe. Uh, so I, I thought that's a, a good idea. And when we're thinking about it, and, and mostly, most important is there's, there's thousands of refugees now in the city of Warsaw, Poland. Thousands. There are brethren that's uh, of late. Uh, one thing about this, there's uh, a brother in Huntsville that's organi organized a Zoom call. Have you been on that, Larry, any of that? And there's some, there's some people that are real involved in planning congregations of the Lord's church. And there's a lot of efforts fixing to be made in the near future. Like they've contacted me, and you've probably talked to some of them, about the possibility of establishing more congregations of the Lord's church. I firmly believe through this great tribulation that our brothers and sisters are going through, a lot of these strong Christians coming out of Ukraine is going to be effective in, in sharing the gospel in the country of Poland. It's just like this side of Acts, of the book of Acts, of all the persecution that the Lord's church went through, we see in the book of Acts and, and other places. I don't know in modern time, have we ever seen such persecution on the Lord's church as what's going on right now? You know, there's a lot of dates we have in our memory. December the 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor. 9-11. February the 24th, 2020 is going to probably be one of those dates when this war started. This conflict that's basically disrupting the lives and causing Christians to be scattered all over other places in the world. Uh, I truly believe, like I said, this is the hand of God to save the souls, possibly in the country of Poland, through these strong Christians that's coming out of Ukraine. Uh, it was kind of amazing, you know, it's kind of amazing on these trips, you pass, you, you, you see some of these people you saw a long time ago, Larry. Well, while I was on this trip in Warsaw, Brother David Binkley and his wife were, were there encouraging these Christians that were in the Warsaw, Poland in the refuge camp. And I was, uh, David and I was part of some work that was, went on in the Far East back in the 90s. And so it was really encouraging to get to see him. This is some of that stuff I was telling you about the shopping stuff. Y'all, we spent $30,000 in four days, I believe it was, and, and, and buying stuff. And I just, man, I thought, wow, you know, we're going through. But we, we had to because we had to buy beds. We had to buy a lot of uh, just different things uh, for these people. You know, that's not the Serta mattress that most of us probably sleep on. But that guy, those brothers was putting those beds together. And they're going to use that bed at night and use it for a sofa during the day. Most of us don't do that. But most of this furniture was bought at Ikea. Any of y'all familiar with Ikea? Sojourners would have been real handy on this trip. Man, y'all know those Ikea, that, that furniture that you buy, it's got all those little wrenches in it. And y'all know what I'm talking about, those little wrenches that don't really fit sometimes. Well, there was a bunch of that going on. And so that's kind of was kind of the main thrust of, of the first part of this trip. We had to buy a desk for the children, had to buy wardrobes. 
but in the backyard. So, so we got to think and said, okay, so now what are we going to do so that our brethren there, these 50 Christians plus up to 100, is going to have a place of worship? Well, when they were at the retreat, there was a large conference room. Remember, it cost $30,000 a month for that place. So we thought, well, now we've got this place going to cost about $7,000 a month. Big difference. But we've got to have a place for the Lord's church to meet. So one thing in the backyard, one of the brothers said, well, brother, you see that backyard there? said, uh, we'll just get a tent. So if y'all can help us get a tent, we don't mind worshiping in a tent. There we go. So we was able to buy them a tent, and they've already had several worship services there. One thing about it also, they, are, they have a, the Warsaw congregation, y'all had eight members. Wow. The Sunday after I left, there were 68 Ukrainians and Polish brethren worshiping together in Warsaw, Poland. That's pretty encouraging, isn't it, Larry? Man, that just warm you up. But it, this is just some of the uh, some of the, the things in the house. The house was just it was a nice place, but it didn't have any washing machines, didn't have any washer dryers. So we had to had to go through all that. Y'all, when when I, when I first got there, then on this trip, they like I said, they were this is where they were at the retreat, and they didn't encourage you to look at people with a lot of courage. Uh, we got done, we had a little devotional that night, and I said, if it's okay with y'all, we're gonna hold hands and sing one song together. A common love. And you know, it's the Lord's church, that's it, isn't it? We got to come and love, and that, it was just really encouraging to be with these. Y'all, you know, I, I was able to just pack my suitcase. Um, you know, a lot of times you, you get down the last minute, and somebody say, well, you, can you take this? Y'all ever had that experience? But, but I told Debbie, I said, well, I'm not going to take a bunch of stuff, I guess. But I said, we probably do need to take a little something. Well, we had a bunch of beanie babies. Y'all remember those things? Something we done forgot about. Had a bunch of those things that somehow had got collected, and we had a you know, couple, three bags of them. Look at the faces of these people. These are your brothers and sisters. Just a little simple thing to kind of brighten their life. Remember their husbands are still in the Ukraine. This little young man, it happened to be his birthday, and I did take a little football, and I said, now you're gonna to have to share this with, with your other friends, but it was it really encouraging to get to see this. And again, then, then, then you start buying, how many pans do you buy for 70 or 100 people? You know, so you get into that. But, but it was really encouraging. You know, I, as I spoke this morning talking about somebody having a mind to work and a want to attitude, well, there's always a person like that usually in every crowd. Well, this lady here to the left's name's Luda. Luda was a, uh, she was a member of the, the uh, faculty at UBI. UBI in the Ukraine, you remember that. You know, there's Bear Valley. I talked about that last time. There's Bear Valley, which is more similar to what we would say, maybe more like Fried Hardeman. Then there was Ukrainian Bible Institute, which was a different brotherhood school. I think Sunset's part of that, as I remember. But she was helping with, with them. So she came through uh, in the beginning of that group that I told you about in the very beginning when we first got there in 1st of March. 
But I could tell this lady was one of them people that make it happen. I said, look, I said, if, ever was time, ever, if we need somebody to come and help us, can you come back and help us? Well, there were seven, there's 70 Christians or refugees that's already got sent to Sopot, which is the, the city north of uh, uh, North Poland. And now there's uh, 60 or 70 now in Warsaw. So the, the, the Lord's church has already doubled in that country just by these Ukrainian uh, brothers, so this is the downtown part of Warsaw, Poland. I think maybe that might be the, not sure if that's the capital building. But this is just some pictures. She was very helpful. This is a brother, his name is Boris. He was one that went through the Bear Valley School. Uh, and they were real instrumental in helping put all these beds together, these sofa beds. He had lost his eye, so he was able to leave and leave the country. Uh, this is just some more quick pictures of that. But I want to get to some of the heart of this now, and, and this is Yuri. Yuri, I said, was a, a gospel preacher, and still is a gospel preacher, and he had major health problems, so he was able to leave the country, he and his wife, when, when he could come. But I, he, he led the singing on that last Sunday I was there. This is Leonid. Now listen to this. Th there's four men this, with this group of Christians now from Ukraine, and they're from different <laughs> congregations all over Ukraine. Now tell me that's not the providence of God. What's the chances of that happening? Because you wonder what's going to happen when we leave. What's going to happen when you leave? And so Leonid, one of the men there, uh, took care of the Lord's Supper that particular Sunday. Uh, Sergey, wonderful song leader. And uh, he, he, you know, he, he said, he, he felt the need that we needed to have a prayer for the children. So he was, they had prayer for the children. They had uh, wonderful singing by Sergey. This is the man I told you about. I'm going to spend a little time here. So, as I said, when we got to that building, we had all this work to do, putting all this stuff together. Well, all of a sudden, this man shows up named Roberto. I, I told you all that this morning. I'll tell this real quick again. But he had, he had gone to the uh, Ukrainian border, and they wouldn't let him in. Wouldn't let him in the country. So somehow he heard that we were working on this, this place for the Christians to have a refuge uh, place to live there in Warsaw. So he made his way there. And, and of course, in that, in that process is where we met Slava. And I'll tell a little bit more of that in a minute. But this is the worship service that we were able to have. This was the last worship service in the retreat. And again, this was the place that was real expensive. But we just felt like it would, the Lord's money could be more useful if we could find a, a lot more economical place. And so... This was a Sunday. It was probably uh, 50 or 60, 55, 60 people. But I'm going to tell you all, you know, I'm not a professional photographer by no means. You can tell by most of these pictures. But this lady that took this picture, she was, she was a professional photographer. And she was interviewing some of these Christians about, was going to put their picture in an article about them in the newspaper there in Warsaw, Poland. So I just asked her, I said, ma'am, would you mind take, taking my phone and taking a picture of the group? I believe I could have got that picture. What do y'all think, you know? <laughs> we miss some people. And I thought, man. But anyways, what a group of people. Uh, look at those faces. This was just the, the, uh, where, they were, where they were staying. So this was the last Sunday. I guess this was the last Sunday in April uh, that I was on this particular trip. This was kind of where they would, uh, they would prepare meals for them. They basically ate the same food, kind of like we did in the cafeteria when we was in school type thing. But that Sunday... Uh, we had worship together, I spoke, and I told him, I said, look, 
I said, if anybody's got any concern or questions about moving or, or about the new place we're moving to, you know, I'm going to be here the rest of the afternoon because I, I felt like it was a, a need to try to, you know, settle people's mind. Now, just remember, they didn't have to leave their country. Now they've moved to a temporary place that we call a retreat. Now we fix to move again. So within about four or five weeks, these people done had to move three times. Our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I had an opportunity to spend a lot of time that afternoon, but I tell you what was really encouraging. I asked particularly, this is one of those trips you needed the elders with you. Brother Ken, I needed y'all. You and Brent and uh, Brother Roger. This would have been a trip where you needed the elders to sit down and help you on this. Because when you sat down, you looked at those four men and their wife, and you said, y'all going to take this congregation to the Lord's Church and move forward with it. And uh, it, was, it was just, it was almost like, you know, and I firmly believe the hand of God was a part of all these men coming together. Didn't, some of them didn't even know each other until they got to Warsaw, Poland. I've showed this before and I brought some more tonight, but I want to spend just a little bit of time. I, I, like I said, these little, these little cards, I'm a firm believer. It's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and so I gave these little cards out to that group like I did on the first group, and I just said, look, if there's anybody here that needs to hear the gospel or discuss the gospel while we're here, or we can help you, let's please do it. You, you know, y'all is the Lord's church. And I've said this before, and I guess I'm going to say it again. Have we lost the urgency of sharing the gospel? I know there's brethren now, and, and you know, the old King James I kind of like the part that says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If you go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, it says, the whole known world heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. There had to be some kind of urgency in that. Don't you believe, Brother Larry? There had to be some kind of urgency or the whole world wouldn't learn the gospel in that little bit of length of time. So, y'all, I just want to encourage you to, again, if any of you would like a copy of that, you're welcome to have it. But when I was there, I said, look, I want to share this with you. And, and it was amazing. A lot of them could, could speak English and go through it. But there is consequences if people don't obey the gospel. There's an urgency. You know, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade, win, persuade men, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. I want to tell this story real quick. Uh, this is Katya, the, the girl in the red dress to the right. Of course, Anna was interpreting for me on this trip. And Katya, just, just one of these stories. Katya had recently got married in January. She had dated this man for a couple years, and they, they decided to get married. They got married. Of course, and when you get married, you have to go and change your name on your passport to have an official document. This is your sister in Christ. So she goes and turns in the, her passport to have it changed. They stamped it invalid now because her name was changed put the holes in it it's no good anymore then the war started her husband was in from in another country she couldn't leave you talking about being discouraged that'd be pretty discouraging i'm talking about this was january the end of january she married her husband and then couldn't leave with him because she didn't have a valid passport. Well, let me tell you what this lady did. Katya. 
She looked at me. She said, Brother Marlin, said, I've got an adopted aunt. Some of us have got those people. And I said, I thought, what do you kind of mean by that? I didn't ask her, but she, she went on telling. I said, she said, when my mother passed when I was a young age, so there was this lady that took me in and raised me as her child. She's with us here at the retreat in Warsaw. Said she's had a lot of Bible study. A lot of people's talked to her about the Lord. But would you give her one more chance to obey the gospel? Man. Now that's somebody not being discouraged, ain't it? Her name's Katya. So she said, Marla, would you talk to Valentina? So I had an opportunity to spend a good bit of time with her on this particular trip and talk to her. And her name, like I said, is Valentina. And I'm telling you, that's about one of the best pictures I've seen in a long time. You could tell this lady was excited. You know, it's kind of like in Acts chapter 8. It says they went on, he went on his way, what? Rejoicing. Talking about Philip and the eunuch. What a picture. But now, talking about getting discouraged in the work of the Lord this morning, we talked a little bit about that. But if anybody's going to be discouraged, get married, then you can't leave because your husband's, because of your passport. And so that was, that was just that picture there. Um, and then here's Slava. Is it the Uber or Uber driver? I always get that wrong. Uber, Uber, Uber. Okay, we're going to go with Uber. So he was the Uber driver. So here we got Roberto. Roberto gets to the Ukrainian line, I mean to the border. He couldn't get in, so he called a Uber, Uber driver. Uber, I've said, I did it at Hatton. Did the same thing. So he calls, we just call him Slava from here on out. So he calls Slava, happened to be a driver, and Slava had left the country of Belarus because when the war started, he told me, he said, Marlon, I, in our t conversation later, he said, I knew this war was not right. They were not doing the right thing. Now remember, there's two countries basically against the Ukrainians right now. Belarus and Russia, the government. So he had a wife, Svetlana, who he told me was his, his one love of his whole life. Can you imagine that? Some of y'all probably know what I'm talking about. And he had to leave her, a little boy named Leon, and a little girl named Paulina, simply for the fact he was against the war. So he meets up with this Roberto through the, the driver. Roberto, guess what Roberto does? He brings him to the house where we work on the house, and then he said, Marlon, where are you staying? So I told him where I was staying at the hotel. Well, guess what Roberto does? He goes to the same hotel where I was at, gets a room in Matthew chapter 25. I was a stranger and he took me in. He takes the man in his room. Roberto takes Slava in his room, studies with him for five days. Wow. So as we were getting to the end of this particular trip, I'll come back to that in a minute. As we get, was getting to the end of the trip, we had gone through a good bit of money, and we got to the point, I, I kinda, this is kind of a crazy picture, I'm sorry, but I wanted to get the point across. But we got down to the point, we thought, well, we got to figure out a way or how much money is it going to cost to feed a person for a month. That's where you needed the deacons on this trip, too. So everybody could have come on this trip. 
So Luda, the lady I said at kind of one of those make it happen lady, the blonde-headed lady, she said, well, Marlon, so she goes out to the shop. She said, well, let me do a little grocery shopping, window shopping, and kind of get an idea of what a budget is. So she come back and she said, Marlon, I think it's going to cost $150 per person a month to feed a person in Warsaw, Poland. So I said, okay, so we had enough money. We left $7,500 in cash money in envelopes that was given to each refugee that was there in Warsaw, Poland before I left for the, for the month of May. And going forward, we're going to continue to give $150 per refugee that's living in that house. These two ladies here were real instrumental. Julia on the right, they kind of laughed. They thought they really was something. They had those envelopes with all those people's names on them. They had all the money in it. I said, yeah, so you're going to have to hand it out. And of course, they were just joking there. But these are just some of those beds that were put together, some of those pans. Just quickly, a lot of beds, bedding. Uh, one thing that I was really amazed at, you know, then we had to buy four refrigerators, you know, and it was just part of that. So it was just a lot of stuff like that that had to be bought. And then Katya comes back and says, well, Marlon, I got another, another person I want you to talk to. Now, this is a lady that can't leave the country. Even to, I'm talking, she couldn't leave uh, Warsaw, Poland. But she got out of Ukraine because they just let most of the Ukrainians out, but she couldn't go anywhere else once she got to Warsaw, Poland. She said, I got a niece named Veronica. How old does a person have to be before they can obey the gospel? She said, a lot of people's told her she's too young. Would you talk to her? Now that's encouraging, isn't it? Lady that could be discouraged because she couldn't leave because of her husband. She said, can you talk to her? Now tell me that's not the providence of God that that woman was still in Warsaw, Poland. Two people that she had great compassion and love for, she had an opportunity to, for them to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I had an opportunity to study with Veronica, and she made this same decision. So we had been studying with, with Slava for, for five days, Roberto had. I'd been studying with him. And you know, it kind of got down to that last day, and you fix and leave, and you say, well, I just pray the devil don't, don't win here and take it away from him. So, just happened, the hotel that I was staying in had a heated swimming pool. That's the providence of God. We've had an opportunity to baptize some people in North Russia, and some, or, or the eastern part of Russia with snow on the ground and the outside swimming pool. You remember some of those days, Larry? But this was a heated swimming pool in this particular hotel. So when we got to the point of Veronica's obedience to the gospel, we set a time that we was going to meet so I called Roberto and Slava, and I said, look, we're gonna, would y'all like to come and, and be a part of this, of seeing her obey the gospel? And Slava said, absolutely. So we got there, and we was going through the process of conversion or confession with Veronica, and Slava spoke up and said, I'm going to do that too. He said, I know I need to do this. He said, I just wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing. He said, I know this is the right thing. So he made the, he said, I want to be an example to this young lady. Slava's 32 year old. And so we got to the point, I said, well, which one of y'all want to go first? It really doesn't matter. And he said, Martin said, I think I'm going to do it just because I, I want to be an example to her. Wow. Belarus. Just remember that. He's from Belarus. 
had an opportunity. He gave me his address. Shipped two Bibles to his wife in Belarus. Lord only knows what will happen with the Word of God there. We just never know, do we? This is them obeying the gospel on that particular day. Uh, this is what, just another uh, great example. That's the last day he was there. You know, I told you all about those buses that brought all those Christians out. Well, this is the day then that they moved from the, the retreat into the house that was rented for a year. We placed a, we placed a lease on this house that's going to cost $7,100 a month for the lease on the house. It's going to cost $150 a person to feed each person. It's going to be roughly $20,000 a month. But the Lord, the Lord, the, you know, the Lord's money's coming for that, and it's, you know, we really think everybody's been a part of, of taking care of these Christians. Those simple bags, and then those baby carriages. Man. I'm going to switch gears here just a second. I, wonder, I couldn't, couldn't kind of finish all this tonight without telling you all a little bit about Russia, too. For about six years ago, we had an opportunity to be a part of establishing a little congregation out in Greva, Greva, Russia. You know, we've had a little bit of communication issues. We try to be careful even through email. I don't know if you've done much emailing, Larry, a little bit. A little careful with that. I know Telegram is a source that is encrypted. You can communicate through Telegram encrypted, and it seems to be they feel okay with that. Well, I got some pictures through Telegram, and we've been trying for five years, over five years now, to get a permanent-type meeting place for the Lord's Church in Greva. Well, they sent me these pictures not too long ago. Lee and some of the Christians there said, we finally got a place <laughs> through some of the most difficult times. So this is just an old wooden house in Greva, Russia, that they met in like a couple weeks. Well, I think they started meeting there a couple weeks ago. Some of the Christians from Siktivkar, three hours away, drive out there, help paint the building. Uh, they still going to have to replace some of the windows. They told me, said, brother, we've already got the firewood for the winter. That's pretty encouraging, ain't it, brother? <laughs> pretty encouraging. Thinking ahead. So we've already got the firewood for the winter. So y'all, don't forget our brethren there. Man, they're going through some tough stuff, too. This is just their worship service there uh, that particular Sunday. Y'all may remember uh, the guy in the, 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 the uh, sweatshirt, the red sweatshirt. That's Arcadi. He's the guy that broke the ice, that got the water and broke the ice and went and heated the water to be baptized into Jesus Christ. And man, they've been faithful. God bless them people. Uh, this is a church in Vorkata. I got this picture just lately, Larry. Man, won't this warm you up? They are really growing. I was just, I'm just really encouraged by this. Uh, Misha graduated Sictive Car Bible School. Part of this man been a big instrumental network. Y'all been instrumental in that work. He's the preacher there now. Man, that'll warm you up. That'll give you chill bumps. Midway Church of Christ, that'll give you chill bumps. They, he's already baptized. If I'm not mistaken, eight or ten people within the last six or seven months through what's going on right now. This is one, a young man, Vlad, that he sent me just recently uh, that was baptized, and he said, this young man now is already instrumental in part of the worship service. Now, let me tell you this right here. I really get you. 
February the 24th, I think I told y'all that we kind of saw the, what was fixing to happen, at least we thought, and it, it has. So we was able to send some, we, we sent two SWIFTs, transfer of money, one to Lviv, Ukraine on the 24th of February to Bogdan, the young man that I told y'all about that, uh, that I had met back in 2014. That, uh, was part of the Gorlovka when they took in, come in and took the uh, building away from the, the brethren there in Gorlovka and they throw the Bibles in the street uh, at, at, with, the, with the military and their, uh, the army uh, had their guns in their face. Well, that money didn't make it to the Ukraine on February the 24th, but the money made it to Vorka to Russia on February the 24th. Now, how did that happen? But you know the money that went to Vorka, to Russia? Those brethren up there said there's 15 congregations of, this will get you, there's 15 congregations of the Lord's Church in Donbass. Y'all have seen that on television? Donbass is some of the eastern part of Ukraine now. It's getting just really hammered. Said there's 15 congregations of our brothers and sisters there that need some help. We're going to send some money to them. And they were able to do that through this great turmoil. Uh, this is some things that's taking place in Warsaw, Poland, just really encouraging. I texted Yuri, I guess it was a week or so ago, and I said, Brother Yuri, I said, do y'all need a facility so you can baptize people? I said, what about a small poo or something? So I had, he had asked me about, Brother, can you maybe help me a little bit with some gas money? He had spent gas. Is gas a problem for anybody now? He spent a couple hundred dollars in his own vehicle, went and pick, picking up people all over and bringing them to religion. And I said, yeah, brother, we'll be glad to help you. So we sent him a couple hundred dollars, I remember, to re replenish his gas that he had spent. He took that $200 and went and bought this swimming pool. Two days later, he sent me a picture of this lady right here. He said, brother, he said, this was a lady that was her and her daughter, she had gone through some of the hardest situations in coming out of the Ukraine and said, we brought her in and we've been studying with her and he baptized her there in that swimming pool that I sent him the money we sent to replenish his gas money with. Hmm. And those that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word, Acts 8, 4. They preaching the word. This is another, another lady just this couple of days ago, Diana, obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to close right here. and this is, this is, I guess you say, a thank you to each of you. John writes in John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our life for our brethren. This part right here. But whosoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how much does the love of God abide in him? Last part. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And I'm thankful for this congregation, the Lord's Church. When I came back on that trip in March, it was really emotional for me to tell that. I mean, it really was because I've never seen 
our brothers and sisters, especially when you saw our brethren putting their wives on those buses, maybe not to see them again for some time, if not ever. And I came here and shared that story with many of those stories with y'all, and y'all were part of the first congregation that said we want to support this work. And I want, I want to thank you as the, Lord's, as the Lord's church for being a part of this and being a part of the Lord's work wherever. I'm going to close with that. I just, there may be someone here tonight that says, hey, I've, I've thought about it. I need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we can help you in any way or if you need the prayers of this congregation, please come forward as we stand and sing.